This is the Monday, December 6th edition of the Daily Wager podcast. We've got you covered with a variety of action for Monday night football, a little NBA as well, maybe dabble in the college game. So subtle in will set you up in a little more than 10 minutes with everything you need to know heading into the betting day. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to the Daily Wager podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. I am Tyler Foljam. Today, however, I am joined for the first time on the Daily Wager podcast by our newest teammate, Aaron Dolan. Good afternoon, I guess, to you on the East Coast. Still the morning here, um, but I imagine the afternoon when most people listen to this. Uh, welcome to the Daily Wager podcast, Aaron. You excited to hopefully pass out some winners to the people? Yes, I'm so excited. First episode of the Daily Wager. We need to pick winners today. We're coming off a little bit of a rough NFL Sunday yesterday. So let's get right to it. I'm excited for this Monday night football matchup. It's definitely been the most talked about all week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, telling me, uh, certainly an interesting battle with Bill Belichick reviving New England after one down season. Buffalo expected to make that leap this year after falling short in the AFC title game. Monday night, ESPN in Orchard Park, where it's supposed to be really cold and really, really windy, which affects offense more than, mm -hmm. you know, inclement weather like snow and or rain. So we have the Bills installed as a three-point favorite, a total that has dropped to 41 as of uh, Monday morning slash afternoon. So we'll start there, side and or total. How are you looking to play this game? So in terms of the side, I do like Buffalo minus two and a half. I know I've seen it go up to minus three this morning. I've seen it kind of bounce around all morning. I just think personally, Josh Allen will have a bigger game for the Bills. And there's value at laying under a field goal at home. Again, this line has been moving all day. But you have some home field advantage, which I also know you can make the argument because we've talked about this on the Daily Wager show that it doesn't mean as much. But in this situation with the terrible weather and Josh Allen having played there for three years in Buffalo, I think that could potentially help him. And then as for the Patriots, I mean, we know how hot they are. 5-0 record on the row, 6-0 streak. But those victories did come against the Jets, Panthers, Chargers, Texans, and the Falcons. And I know Mac Jones, he's the clear heavy favorite to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. But I think there's something to be said for a rookie quarterback making a primetime start, especially in a hostile environment like Buffalo. So I think a lot of pressure as well, just mentally being that this is going to really impact the AFC East standings. And then on top of that, Bills, extra days of preparation. It's been 10 days since Thanksgiving, and they have one of the best coaching staffs in the league, so they've had just more time to prepare. Again, experience, bad weather, I think Josh Allen can capitalize on. So I'm going to lay the two and a half with the Bills, if you can still get it at that line. Yeah, that's where I was going into Sunday morning, Aaron. I was on the Bills side. Um, I didn't know yes. about the weather until Sunday morning and under a field goal at home uh, with time to prepare. I thought that's good value on the bills, but things can change very, very quickly with where value is allocated with a single half point. And after mm -hmm. talking to the homegirl Anita Marks on Sunday morning on daily wager, I'm seeing three right now at Caesars. Uh, if it's that number, if it's 
Two and a half, I like the Bills side. If it is three or more, I like the Patriots side. If you're giving me that full field goal mm-hmm. head start on the scoreboard, I'll take Bill Belichick. As much as I respect Sean McDermott and the Bills, the best coaching staff and best head coach in the NFL is Bill Belichick. And which coach is more likely or has more confidence in your eyes to set up a scheme and game plan specific to an environment where the conditions could be really, really, you know, um, detrimental to the offense. If it is, you know, 30, 40 mile an hour wins all over the place. I trust Bill Belichick to develop a game plan to mm-hmm. counter not only the opponent, but mother nature as well, especially at that key number of a field goal. So I'm seeing three on Caesars. That's what I'm going to go with. I understand the value on the bills under a field goal, but at three, I am officially riding with the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate to say that because I absolutely despise the Patriots, but I think that is where the value is at. Uh, given the circumstances of this particular matchup and the uh, Belichick um, coaching advantage on that side. Um, So the total, again, it was in the mid forties for much of the week. It's plummeted down near, I think it's gotten as low as 40 and a half. It's I think settled in at 41 here. Uh, I imagine most people are thinking the under is the play here because of those elements. Which side do you come on as far as the uh, total? Yeah, I feel like basically everyone hearing the weather report was just betting it down. The line opened 45, like you mentioned, you've seen it as low as 40 and a half. Right now I've seen it at 41. So it kind of becomes a point of how far is this going to be bet down and when should you take the over? Both defenses are absolutely elite. I mean, so that even screams under as well. I mean, the Patriots six-game win streak, they've outscored opponents 211 to 63, but they've held opponents to 13 or fewer points for the fifth time in six games during that streak. Their defense has allowed an average of 317 total yards per game this season, good for the fourth best in the NFL while holding teams to a league-best 16 points per game. And then the defense for the Bills, I mean, they rank first in league in total yards allowed and second in points allowed. So I think when you're looking at both of those things, you're thinking, okay, the likelihood of a high-scoring Monday night shootout just isn't very likely. Um, So for that reason, I feel like a lot of people are going to play this the under. I'm personally not playing this total. Um, unders at this point of the season, I did want to mention after yesterday, 108, 83 and two this season. So also kind of just mm. an overall betting tip. If you don't like the spread and you don't like the total, because this is a really, really sharp game. Everybody's been talking about this game all week. Everybody wants to bet on this game. You could always look to player props as well, which I know we'll get to eventually in this podcast. Yeah, I was going to kind of I'm the same as you. Like, I'm going to pass on the total um, mm-hmm. if I if I had to play it which, you know, never have to play anything. But if I had to get invested <laughs> on the total, I would go under as well. I'm curious, though, what you think about team totals, the Bills at 21 and a half, the uh, New Orleans or the, the New England Patriots at 19 and a half. Is, is any one of those um, vulnerable or providing value on the under or over? I, I would say the not that they have, you know, a dysfunctional offense or anything like that, but I think there's more. Um, risk in betting a team total for the Bills under than for the Patriots, despite it being a couple points higher. The Bills that's just have more explosive ability because Josh Allen is just a more explosive player. What he can do with his legs, Stefan Diggs, yep. um, mm-hmm. Cole Beasley. Uh, there's yep. just not that really that explosive element to the Patriots outside of the run game, which can be explosive, but that's matching up with the strength of the Bills. Now that they have um, Tremaine Edmonds back at linebacker and star mm-hmm. Lotulule and the defensive line. So Again, staying away from it. If I had to play the total, I would play it under 41. I'd be inclined to lean that the Patriots are the team that's likely going to keep it under. Uh, Not that that can help, you know, prevent them from winning the game because they can certainly win a 13 to 10 game where both teams go way under. 
But uh, if I had to, if I was assuming risk, I think there's more risk yeah. um, taking the under with the Bills team. You mentioned pr- the prop market, and this should be interesting given, you know, what these mm-hmm. teams, especially the Bills, are capable of doing on offense. But the environment there, any props that stand out to you uh, worth attacking this Monday afternoon, given the circumstances we might see tonight in Buffalo? So kind of piggybacking off what you just said in terms of Josh Allen being able to go off and he's able to be, you know, one of those quarterbacks who might potentially even win MVP if you look at the odds for that. But they're going against the Patriots defense that's allowing 116 rushing yards per game. So like you just mentioned with the team total potentially playing that over in terms of the Buffalo Bills, I'm going to take Josh Allen over 35 and a half rushing yards. We already talked about the high winds. There's potentially, from what I've read, lake effect snow, whatever that means. I assume it's just <laughs> wind and snow coming off. I was not a meteorologist, but <laughs> I think Josh Allen could take things into his own hands in terms of that and the Patriots defense vulnerable on the ground. So there might be some plays where he's, you know, able to run that ball in. And then in terms of, you know, anytime touchdown score, maybe if you think he's going to be able to do that whole run one in, you could get anytime touchdown score for him at plus 200. Yeah, I, I do like attacking Josh Allen using his legs. I think that is definitely going to be a way that uh, I, I would play the same thing as you, Josh Allen, over rushing yards. We know that he is the best running back basically on that team, even though he is the quarterback. And the type of defenses that Bill Belichick will show in terms of mm-hmm. when the ball is snapped versus how they evolve and morph in the middle of the play during Josh Allen's drop back is going to make him, I think, more likely to tuck and run because he might be confused by some things yep. that he sees. And when he gets confused, he can rely on his legs. That's a great weapon to bail him out of situations where the defense draws up a good scheme and takes away Steph Diggs, Dawson Knox, Cole Beasley, whoever. So, again, with the Absolutely. win being an issue, with Belichick just being so good designing defenses, I think Josh Allen is in line uh, for a big day in the prop market there as well. It's dangerous, certainly, to pick uh, – you know, overs in the passing game. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'm seeing a line for Gabe Davis right now, who is kind of the, you know, fourth receiver there for the uh, uh, Patriots, but it's only 13 and a half. Gabe Davis, his average a dot is, you know, well beyond, you know, uh, 13, 14 yards. He's a guy who works vertically. He's a guy who's got his big body that can make plays down the field. And since he is the, you know, third or fourth receiving option on this team, um, usually Bill Belichick focuses taking away the most prominent option, which would be Steph Diggs. So I think a lot of the defenses are going to be designed to take away Steph Diggs and Cole Beasley, and that will mm, allow opportunities for Gabe Davis to try and find soft spots in zones or work against, you know, third and fourth cornerbacks. So only having to clear 13 and a half, he could do that with one catch. Now he's not going to get, you know, seven, eight targets. He's going to have to be efficient, but yes. 13 and a half seems a little light for Gabe Davis. Uh, that's the one receiving prop that I would attack. I I probably project him for something closer to, you know, 18, 19, 20 yards in this particular matchup, even with the uh, wind being an issue. So that'll take care of Monday night football should be a good one on ESPN to watch bills and the Patriots, a huge matchup for uh, seeding and positioning in the AFC East and the AFC overall. Speaking of which, I know this is something you want to talk about. You wanted to talk about real quick, just the futures market uh, for the AFC Mm -hmm. East. Which team do you like betting better at this very moment? Before we see what happens on Monday night, the Bills, a minus 125 favorite in the division. Patriots plus 105 to claim the AFC East. Does one of those, in your eyes, Aaron, provide a better value? So the Patriots hold a half-game lead over the Bills atop the AFC East standings right now. But I think what you want to bet in this game should determine how you're betting the AFC East standings as well because there's one thing for certain. These lines will 100 
and 10% change right after <laughs> yes, this they game. Will. It's going to be taken down during the game. So if you really think the Bills are going to win, you might want to grab that. Again, if you're comfortable tying up money, that's the most important thing in the futures market. You are tying up money for basically a couple months and whatnot. So this is super important game in terms of the AFC East standings, and they're going to play two games. And I just think personally the Bills could get this one at home. The Patriots could potentially get the other one at home. But again, just wanted to mention that it's very important that if you do want to bet into this market, you should definitely do it before this game. All right, before we get to the NBA today, I did want to touch on um, college football and trying to get mm-hmm. ahead of some value in the bowl market. And we know the college football playoff is now set. And the uh, Orange Bowl matchup between Georgia and Michigan, to me, uh, maybe I am uh, falling victim to recency bias here, but Michigan um, getting seven and a half against Georgia. Mm-hmm. To me, with a, especially with a total set at 43 and a half because of the way these teams play, uh, getting more than a touchdown for a college game that could come, you know, right around 40 total points. Boy, I love that. I know we just saw Michigan absolutely yes. demolish uh, Iowa. That wasn't a fair fight in the SEC title game. We know Bama and Georgia more closely aligned and, and Bama. I don't know if they want to say exposed them, but certainly made Georgia look as pedestrian as any team has all year long. And I think Michigan and Georgia are a great matchup in terms of not contrast of styles, but rather complimentary kind of parallel mm. styles. Both teams want to run the rock. Both teams want to play great defense and win kind of old school smash mouth football games. And I think Michigan can execute that just as well, if not better than Georgia. I think they have a few more weapons on offense, especially and getting more than a touchdown, getting seven and a half. I'm jumping on Michigan in the maize and blue right now for that orange bowl bout. I would be shocked if Michigan is not getting, it doesn't come in under a touchdown by the time we get to new year's Eve. I know Georgia's look great all year, but they beat up on a really weak SEC East. And uh, Michigan had much more difficult matchups in the Big Ten East. So I think with the way that they're playing right now, and I believe, Aaron, if I'm not mistaken, Michigan 11-2 and two this season ATS, which was best in all of FBS. Wow. And now that team is getting more than impressive. a touchdown. Very, very impressive. I'll just say, if you, if you like the Maize and Blue, jump on that right here, right now. All right, uh, to the association tonight, pretty busy slate on a Monday. And there, of course, are some key injury issues uh, that will affect the slate. Still no Dame Lillard uh, for the Portland Trailblazers. The Charlotte Hornets still have all those players in health and safety protocols. Um, There's a few big names like Giannis and Jimmy Butler with Q tags. So tell me Mm -hmm. what sticks out to you for the Monday NBA slate, Aaron. So off the bat, and this might be a little bit surprising, but I do like the Nuggets plus four against the Bulls. I'm definitely taking the points there. The Bulls do come into this game on a three-game win streak. They beat the Hornets, the Knicks, and the Nets, which is absolutely super impressive. You have green and white. They're still in the NBA's COVID-19 health and protocol, health and safety protocols. Uh, Patrick it. Williams still sidelined with an injured left wrist, and then Alex Caruso day-to-day with that hamstring injury. Now, Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan are absolutely you know, you can hold them accountable. They had 31 points, 29 points in their last game. They can absolutely spark an attack. And I absolutely trust those players to do well in whatever game. I just think that this game in particular is a good spot for Denver. Denver, that seems to be turning that corner. I mean, you have Jokic back in the lineup. They've improved a two and one in the seven game road trip already. They had a great win over the New York Knicks. They actually sat Jokic basically that whole fourth quarter to rest him because he tallied 32 points, 11 rebounds, and five assists in 27 minutes. So again, Denver in this spot, I like them. Again, I think they're turning the corner. They allow the 10th lowest rate of mid-range shots. They allow the 12th fewest shots in general. 
And the Bulls, again, undeniably good, and they just won three very, very impressive games. I just think this will be a closer game considering Denver seems to play well against good teams. Sure, yeah. I mean, backing Denver as an underdog, I, I love that because Nikola Jokic can single-handedly win a game. Uh, he, he's, he was the MVP last year, and I think he's been better this year, which is crazy to say, but they are a little shorthanded there um, against the Chicago team that has been pretty good. A couple of games that stick out to me uh, real quick. First and foremost, the Philadelphia 76ers on the road and Charlotte lane six and a half. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to back the Sixers. You know the Charlottes are without LaMelo, Mason Plumley, all those guys that are on health and safety protocols. Now, last night they played. So this is the second leg of a back-to-back. They played, had a condensed six, seven-man rotation, and they pulled out a thrilling win against the Atlanta Hawks. The, the Hawks were expected to win that yep. game, but they pulled out a thrilling win. So I think this is a little bit of a letdown spot with guys who, are, again, are going to have to play minutes in the mid to upper 30s, maybe even lower 40s against a much better Philadelphia team, even though it's at home. Joel Embiid should absolutely get whatever the hell he wants. I would not be shocked if he puts up a 40 and 20 game, given the pace that uh, Charlotte likes to run at, given the fact that all their size has been depleted, um, especially Mason Plumlee, uh, by the health and safety protocols. So I'm expecting Embiid uh, to absolutely smash his point prop is 26 and a half. I'm going way, way over that. Again, I think 30 is where the line should be for this particular matchup, Mm. given the circumstances for Charlotte coming off a massive win second leg of a back-to-back and down, you know, five guys in their rotation. So that one stands out to me. I'm really liking Philly at this juncture in the morning. Another one I like is a total in Minnesota where those Hawks coming off that disappointing loss are playing the Timberwolves in Minnesota total at 222 and a half. And I'm going to go under that. Um, A trend I've liked this season is playing Minnesota Timberwolves games under. We think of the Timberwolves with Carl Anthony Towns and, D'Angelo Russell as a really bad defensive team. And for most of their careers, that's what they've been. They haven't been able to stop a nosebleed this year. They're eighth in the NBA in defensive rating. Neither of these wow. teams likes to get up and down the floor with quick pace. I think uh, Minnesota's like 12th and Atlanta's 21st. So with Atlanta on the second leg of a back-to-back, and they, they're, being, they're down a few wings that could contribute scoring, um, like DeAndre Hunter and Bogdan Bogdanovich. And this game being in Minnesota, where Minnesota is 10-3 and three to the under, as the home team this season, I think 222 and a half is just a little bit too high. If it comes down below 220, then we can start to think about passing or turning it around. But above 222 and a half, I'm going to play the under in Atlanta and Minnesota. So those are the two games that I'm looking at right now. I, I know you said you had some notes on Trailblazers and Clippers, which is an interesting matchup because of the injury situation there uh, to uh, Dame Lillard. So is there something you wanted to share on that yeah. or you good for the NBA? Well, I would actually say for this one, I was going to lean towards taking either the over or the under looking at that total because for Portland, they're one of the best teams at home and everybody was riding that trend. They were like 10 and one at home last week. And then they were one and 10 on the road. And then they got absolutely blown out uh, by the Celtics. It was actually marked the most points scored by a road team in regulation in Blazers history. They put up 145 points against them. So if you think that the trailblazers will be able to, You know, their defense has looked absolutely terrible. They're going against Mm -hmm. the Clippers defense, who is absolutely awesome. Mm -hmm. So definitely look towards the total in this one. I wouldn't be surprised, too, if C.J. McCollum does get ruled in for this game. The line would move up. It's at 215 right now. If you think he's not going to play in this game, I would grab the under right now for sure. 
And then just one other play that I quickly like, uh, Bucks, Cavs, Bucks first half, minus three and a half. The Bucks are 16 and eight against the spread in the first half. I know Giannis probably won't play in this game. He played, he did not play in the last three games, but the uh, Bucks were able to still get that win against Miami, which is pretty impressive. They've been great at covering that first half spread. So just a trend that I wanted to mention. And then on top of that, if Giannis doesn't play, make sure to, you know, check out the player props on some of the other players like Bobby Portis Jr. He had a career tying 16 rebounds, scored 19 points for his eighth double-double of the season against Miami. He's averaging 15.8 rebounds. So you could look at his player prop right now at 15 and a half for points or eight and a half for rebounds. Just a little note that if you know a big time player like Giannis is not yeah. going to play, you're going to want to grab some player props from the other players. Excellent. I'll also mention, we don't have to discuss it here, but the Warriors are laying 16 at home against the Orlando Magic. Is that too much for you Warriors betters out there? Because they've been awesome against the spread. We know Orlando's not good. 16 a lot. Backdoor be wide open in the NBA. So I'll probably pass on that. And um, uh, I'm definitely passing on that. That, Only because they sit all the players in that fourth quarter and they (laughs) backdoor cover. That's what's going to (laughs) happen. Exactly. But that's that's the largest spread I've seen in any NBA game I can recall this season. Uh, Warriors, if they cover that, that could certainly prove how dominant uh, they are this season. But that will do it for a Monday edition of the Daily Wager podcast. The first with. Our newest teammate, Aaron Dolan. Great job, Aaron, this morning. Appreciate you hopping on. Look forward to doing many more with these uh, throughout the football, basketball, and all the seasons uh, that come and go. So that's it for today. As I said, you know, when we're on the mic, we like to talk for a little more than 10 minutes. So hope you enjoy it. But those are the bets you need. As promised for Monday, please do us a favor. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow if you're enjoying the show. It helps us out tremendously. And we'll talk to you tomorrow on the Daily Wager Podcast. Mm -hmm.